Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Blog Talk Radio. To the God. You already know, man. Yo, yo. Bohemian wizardry, you fraud them thieves be killing me. The enemy is close. You both lies on our identity. I feel like he who steps, architect like M. Hotel. Son had the son himself, the God deadly with the art. I fit dark with a slit heart. You can feel it in your bone marrow before the shit starts. Standing in the cold with a scroll that was written in gold. Behold the old glimpse that was never untold. Infinite like the eight seven dwelling in your melon. No felon, though the unrighteous say that I'm rebellious. I'm primal, my rhyme suicidal. I worship no idols. My style, a load of gems going down in a spiral. You stuck in your group. My intelligence passed my cool. The God is the truth. Every time I step in the booth, you step on the stoop. Got you. Scoop the swoop in my loop Do the knowledge Whack them seeds Get played like blue You wish the sun of the saw A gift from the gods Who rules flying through the sky With golden wings Submerged into the light Naughty by the golden king With the scepter of justice Melanin cultivating She until we are ethereal Finally becoming one With the righteous sun So raw Souls are raw Magnificent glow With unconditional love Scattered rays for days From the heavens above Soul below The souls Trapped in the lowest depths of hell Incarnated into 76 trillion cells To break free, we must be refined Masculine and feminine properties combined The devil is the author of confusion 183,000 divisions and religions Denominations that's post-schizoism Though isn't it written in the Bible that Jesus spoke in parables The scriptures and gospels aren't just historical Many passages weren't meant to be taken literal Most of it is allegorical based on esoteric principles Baptist versus Methodist Pentecostal holiness versus Jehovah Witness Mormons versus Seven-day Advances Atheists and agnostics, divine and cosmic tactics of the reptilians, lower fourth dimensional aliens. So beware of the draconian Satanists. Yo, they aim to imprison all true beings through ignorance. So we crush the head of Leviathan. Battle mind control to fill them with suggestions. Brainwashing and domination. Using religious politics, education, economics, health and labor, entertainment and war. Yo, sex and war. In this chessboard game called like we've all been pawns. Puppets on strings controlled by demonic spawns. You can't run with the devil and walk with God. You can't run with the devil and walk with God. You can't run with the devil and walk with God. You can't run with the devil and walk with God. You can't run with the devil and walk with God. You can't run with the devil and walk with God. You can't run with the devil and walk with God. Right, um, we doing a lot of things tonight, so we putting um everything together. This this class is going to be um right. This class is going to be um basically on tape. So we doing we doing um Google Hangout. We doing um YouTube. Uh, we doing 
um, class tonight. So here on um, free conference call. All right, we're doing basically everything. All right, we're getting it all in. Um, and tonight's topic is going to be slavery, slave trade, and our true heritage. And of course, like we said, we got to go over some of this information again because there's new people that's coming on that's getting this information, and we want to make sure that they um, have an understanding. Okay, so we want to make sure that um, those that's come on, um, and as they come on, they'll get a better understanding of what's really taking place as far as our true heritage, all right? Of course, we understand that um, slavery did exist, and it did take place, and hell, it's taking place today, all right? Um, The thing is, is that how did they bring millions of us here um, has been the issue, all right? Um, so we're going to get into that information, all right? So um, let me go to the screen. Okay. Now, can you see it? All right, so let's get into the presentation. All right, we talked about um, Lucia, right, which happens to be the oldest fossil that they thus found here in the Americas in Brazil, South America. Um, dates back to over 10,500 years old. Um, this is how. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, this is how they say that she looked. All right, so we know that we've been here over 10,500 years. All right, this is way before the Europeans of 400 years ago claiming to have brought all of us here on some slave ships, all right? Did they bring some of us here? Of course. But nearly, but none as nearly as much as they had us believing or as we believed that they brought all of us here, all right? But here we have a sister from over 10,500 years ago, right in Brazil, South America, and of course, if they was in South America, that means Central America. That also means North America. So we just have to um, begin to start having some common sense here. You know, get the book. The first Americans were Africans, documented evidence, all right? Documented evidence. This is by David Imhotep, PhD, and this is also um, Paleo-American, a primer on ancient American history by Nasir Ali, all right? In Nasir Ali's book, he states that the Paleo-Americans is the first homo sapiens to inhabit America, Americans, all right? Predating the COVID culture. This pre, um, prefix, paleo, means ancient in Greek. 
So another way of saying Paleo-American would be or, as the emperors always say, the return of the ancient ones. And the return is talking about of our rightful minds into believing that they can no longer BS us into um, their beliefs. For over 50 years, scientists have known that the, pre, that the Paleo-Americans predated the COVID. Right? One of the earliest Paleo-American ancestors dated approximately back approximately 11,500 years before present. All right? So um, it even goes back even a thousand years older in the book, 11,500 years. I've even read where it went back to 12,500 years before the present. All right? So it says, at the archaeological site in Lego um, Santa, Brazil, a female Paleo-American's remains were covered in 1975. So they knew about this since 1975. That's 43 years. 43 years they've known this. And you're just getting this information now. Being one of the oldest ancient Americans identified, she is called Lucia Light. Just like they call the one that they found in Africa that dates back to 2.8 to um, 3.2 million years ago. Her name is Lucy or Dagnash, as, as, um, as she was called within um, the, um, the African language. Um, but Lucy means light. So it says here, her remains are intact enough such that her face was reconstructed by, David, by um, Dr. Richard Mays from the University of Manchester in England, all right? So he states specifically, what is surprising is that Lucia facts does not look like, on face does not look like the Mongolian type associated with modern day American Indians, because it's not. In 1999, Walter Nees published a research article, Genetics and the molecular biology, where he provided evidence that the first Americans looked more like Australian Aboriginals and Malaysians. The term American, Aboriginal, Aboriginal American, and ancient one will also be used interchangeably with Paleo-American. Right? So, we come down. In the United States, people who may fit this Phenotypical description are often misnomed as black. Well, damn. That's the end of the argument. That's the end of the argument. If there ever was one. All right? There's never been one for me. Because if you say that you are African, right, exactly. You say that you're African and you... 400 years ago from the Europeans, then you find out that you had ancestry that was already here nearly 12,000 years ago. What can you say? <laughs> Except you've come back home. Or you have come home elsewhere. But you still had ancestry that was already here. All right? So here in 
This is um, Dr. David M. Hotep. He states in his book, the first Americans were Africans, documented evidence. And the first Americans were Africans, right? Author and academic David M. Hotep, PhD, is bringing forth decades of research and evidence to present readers a comprehensive look into the history and identity of the first Americans, asserting the Ameri- that the Africans were the first Americans and, they, and that they arrived 51,000 years before the Mongolians. Damn, he went even further back. So they're talking about Lucia from approximately 10 to 12,000 years ago, but he's given documented evidence in his book that they arrived over 51,000 years ago. And I can verify that. And matter of fact, we got information that dates back even further than that. Imhotep illustrates a date that the four times earlier than what is largely referenced. Africans may not only come, not only came before Columbus, but were in the Americas long before any other group, at least 56,000 years at least 56,000 years, say Imhotep. And with this book, I produce and expand on evidence from several scientific fields, credible scholars, professors, and researchers. So if you want to debate, then you go and debate the book. Because you can't debate me on the subject, because I read the books. So this is for those in which that attempt to just say, oh, we just came to America Oh, the Europeans brought us all here. Oh, whoa, me. Oh, shit. (laughs) The voyage from Africa on ancient ships were quite a possible undertaking on the capabilities of the vessels of the period and historical materials stated it took place. This is Dr. Julian Whitewright, all right, maritime archaeologist, University of Southampton, all right? We know that they came. Because here, explorations in the Grand Canyon, mysteries of the immense rich um, covering brains, um, brains, brains to light. And he said, remarkable finds indicates ancient people migrated from Orient. What Orient? Right? Because you'd be thinking of um, Orientals. You're thinking from Asia. What are they talking about from Egypt? And here it is. The Egyptians came to the Grand Canyon around 1700 BC and before that. This is proven by the fact that they were that there are 18 temples in the Arizona at the Grand Canyon. Below is an article from the Arizona Gazette, Friday evening, March 12, 1909. So here it is. A hundred, nearly a hundred. Over 109 years, 109 years they knew that the ancient Egyptians came here. They covered it up. It says in the book, in Archaeological Cover-Ups, by David Hatcher Childress, he states perhaps the most amazing suppression of all is the excavation of an Egyptian tomb by the Smithsonian itself in Arizona. 
a lengthy front page story of the Phoenix Gazette on April the 5th, 1909, which I give both here, both of these front page articles, gave a highly detailed report of the discovery and the excavation of a rock cut vault by an expedition led by Professor S.A. Jordan of the Smithsonian. The Smithsonian, however, claims to have absolutely no knowledge of the discovery or its discoverers. Hmm, interesting. So they don't know um, Professor S.A. Jordan? Now he got his name. <laughs> Come up. All right, so here it is. Here are, um, here is an actual signature of the ancient seagoing vessel used by the Egyptians and Nubians in ancient times. All right? And... Are the Nubians and Egyptians the same people? Yeah. 2009 study shows that the Nubians the closest people ethnically to the ancient Egyptians. Here's another example of the boats in which that the ancient Egyptians had. Way before 1700 BC. All right. Here's another metronature. Hieroglyphics. All right, here's an actual uh, replica of a ship, small size. Here's another example. And as you see, looks like they also had scope, right? Or they was also using Navigational methods. Look like a cell that was once on here, but is no longer here now. Here's another example of the ancient Egyptians on boats. Now they have oars. This is all within the British Museum, as well as also in the Cairo Museum. And for those that have stupid comments such as, oh, they're going to have boats in, in the museums, yeah, that's where they keep them at, especially if they're old. Here's another example, and as you see, this is clearly us, the Egyptian Nubians, as you see here. In fact, a storm over Egypt, let's read. It says, Egypt has crossed the Atlantic Sea in ships more than 10 thousand years before the time of Christ. That's 12,000 years ago. That correlates to Lucia 10 to 12,000 years ago, as we've seen. They had built the world's largest cities in South and Central America and in Mexico. This is where you get the pyramids from, all over the globe. They had united those city-states into a nation that stretched from Brazil and South America to Mexico and into Africa. That goes right along with the halls of Montezuma to the shores of Tripoli. But they stopped a little bit at Libya instead of um, taking their asses all the way into Egypt, which sits right next door. It says, I have broken the seal on the forbidden histories. I have found the writings that told how Egypt had built its most powerful empire, 
and it had happened in the Americas. Three of the most of the world's most powerful religions has come out of Egypt, and now their most fearful secret was uncovered that we was already here. Now, if the European only came upon the planet 6,000 years ago, and we were the first people in the Americas at least 10,000 to 12,000 years ago, and of course, we're going to keep going back because Imhotep, Dr. Imhotep said 51,000 years ago, and that he even estimated that it was 56,000 years ago, I would go and venture that if you read forbidden archaeology, as I keep saying over and over again by Michael Primo and Richard L. Thompson, 600 million years ago in the Americas. Got to read the book. But here is an actual ship. So no longer are we just looking at um, the ships as the metronature, drawings, paintings, carving, but now we're actually looking at an actual ship of the ancient Egyptians. So Egyptians traveled the ocean. We have proof. All right? We have proof. And this is in the Cairo Museum also. So once again, yeah, they have ships in the museum. And guess what? This ship dates back to 3,500 years ago, approximately. Get the book, Ancient, get the magazine, Ancient American Magazine, the Archaeological of the Americas before Columbus. Before Columbus. Go down to the lower Go down to the lower right hand and it says an Egyptian presence in BC America. An Egyptian presence in BC America. All right? Go over to the left now. 40,000 year old footprints in Mexico. 40,000 year old footprints in Mexico. All right? We keep showing. Proof over and over and over again. And you still have nonsense being rippled across the internet trying to disprove it. Right here. It says America. It says right here. It says um, America are reached. And it will appear that while all the sublime and the historical presence centers upon Egypt, all that is sublime in the prehistoric past centers upon America, Atlantis. The Caribbean islands are Atlantis, the remnants of the Atlantis. Just like the Hawaiian islands and the um, Pacific islands are the remnants of Memoria, destroyed from volcanic activity and earthquakes. As the curtain, which has hitherto concealed the prehistoric connection between the peoples of ancient Egypt and of America is lifted, it will be seen that the people of the eagle on the now being descended from the original people of the eagle on this continent. Cause, think about it. If you came from Africa millions of years ago, like 600 million years ago, according to Forbidden Archaeology by Michael Cream or Richard L. Thompson, and then you leave after you develop um, ship technology and you go back into Africa, back to your brothers and sisters, okay, after that 600 million years, 
Of course, you're the same people, regardless if you're in America or if you're in Africa. You're the same people. Because you were the only people on the goddamn planet. <laughs> Can we get this through your head? You're the only people on the planet. The European just got here 6,000 years ago. Okay? The people of the eagle on the now is being descended from the original people of the eagle on this continent. The twine or one. And the prehistoric America was the original Egypt or eagle land prior to the mighty disposition. In the days of the Pilat, which the earth was divided and the great globe itself was nearly rent asunder. All right? Say, Augusti, it says, firstborn among continents, America has been falsely um, denominated to the new world. Hers was the first dry land lifted out of the waters. Hers was the first shores washed by the oceans that um, enveloped all the earth besides. And while Europe was represented only by islands raised here and there above the sea, America, which is Atlantis, already stretched. Already stretched. All the way into Nova Scotia. All right? So we was already here. It's stretching an unbroken line of land from Nova Scotia to the far west. It says, of this, there is, can be no doubt. The pyramids was built by Atlanteans long centuries before Egypt was a civilized country, meaning that the Atlanteans who became the Egyptians left and built and began to start building pyramids all over the world. But guess what? The Atlanteans were still Africans because we found the oldest relics in Africa according to the book, or books rather, The Hidden History of the Human Race and Forbidden Archaeology by Michael Cremor and Richard L. Thompson, that 2.8 billion year old, right, billion with a B, all right, that these particular um, objects, over 200 of them, metallic spears have been found there. In South Africa, right? So the Bantu, all right, were those people, all right? The Bantu, and I get into, you know, we'll, we'll get into that, and guess what? Most of us have Bantu heritage, and come to find out that the Bantus are the 100% humans upon the planet. Everyone else are hybrids. Okay? Everyone else are hybrids. It says Kentucky itself, where we think we have found the remains of an Egyptian colony. Oh, they found the remains of an Egyptian colony and just happened to call it King Tut, huh? Kentucky. Wow. Right, 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 right. So they already knew. At this um, dynasty, went back to the 18th dynasty, King Tut, right? His father, Unkunten, uh, Akhenaten, was Amenhotep IV, the Amana nation 
was already came they they came here. And it says, as in the case of the works and the catacombs of Lexington is a latitude but five degrees north of Egypt, so that whether they may have visited America on a voyage or expedition or exploration or has been driven on the coast against their will. In either case, it would be perfectly natural that they should have established themselves in that region. Of course. Okay, so Egyptian artifacts found across North America. Check this out now. Egyptian artifacts found across North America from the Algonquin writings. That means the Algonquin language was part Metunature, Egyptian, Kemetic, Temerian. On the east coast of the artifacts and the Egyptians placed names in the Grand Canyon are all signs of an early arrival, arrival in the Americas by Africans. Right? What about the tribes of North America? Where did they come from? The tribes of North America were a result of the Omex, all right, and the Mexicans. However, some of the Mexicans continued to mix with the uh, remaining Chinese and produced yellow tribes like the Pablo and the Manso. The yellow tribes mixed in with each other and produced tr- um, tribes like um, the Chinook, uh, the Tutuni, Halupuya, um, um, Kumash, Onuk, and others. Tribes broke off from each other and produced even more tribes that settled in California. The darker-skinned tribes were the tribes that managed to contain much of the Omec blood, like the Arapaho, Ariakara, Blackfoot, who actually, the Blackfoot um, here in North America, this is why it's called the Tar Heel State, is because you have a tribe called the Halawa Sapani tribe. The Halawa Sapani tribe. Right? They were all the black feet or black foot. Right? You have the Cheyenne, the Crow, the Apache, the Mandan. All right? You have the Lumbee. You have um, the Micmac, the Montauk, the Washita. All right? All right? The Washita was an offshoot of the Pawnee Confederation. When the Moors came to America, they mixed in with the Washita Native Americans and became known as the Washoe. So the Washita Moors are the so-called lost tribe of Indians that are spoken about in history books. Yes, they are the hidden tribes that were the descendants of the Omex, Toltecs, Incas, and Aztecs, Mayans of Mexico. The Washita tribes are also the ancestors of such tribes as the Pawnee, the Osage, the Creek, the Seminole, which is actually the Yamasi. The Creek, all right, which is the Muscogee, the Cherokee, all right, the Chappawa, um, the Comanche, Nice Pierce, um, Tuscarora, Ginashin, uh, Manapani, um, Pohate, Micmac, Lumbee, Mande, Blackfoot, Nessie, Neschi, um, Chickasaw, and many more tribes, all right? Many more tribes. And also the Washita are partly Arawak Haitian, which are both Omecan Ish people who were Dogon, Mandan peoples originally from Egypt, the Nubians, Kushite people, the said Egypt um Ethiopians, Egyptians. 
All right? Is that hard to believe? Well, go to Samuel George Morton. Morton, M.D., all right? He wrote, a European, Albion, wrote the book called An Inquiry into the Distinctive Characteristics of the Aboriginal Race of America, Boston Society of Natural History, April 27th, 1842. This is what he says. It is my chiefly intention to produce a few of the most strikingly characteristic traits of these people sustain the position that all the American nations, except for the Eskimo, are one or of one race. Of course, because there was no other race here <laughs> until the Eskimo, who were the Mongolians, came from out of China, and that this race is peculiar and distinct from all others, all possess alike the long, lank, black hair, the brown or cinnamon-colored skin, top of color, the heavy brow, the dull, sleepy eyes, the full and compressed lips, and the solid but dilated nose. These traits, moreover, are equally common to the savage and civilized nations. Whether they inhabit the margin of rivers and on fish or rove the forest and, consist, and subsist on spoils of chase, it cannot be questioned their physical diversities do occur, equally singular and inexplicable, as seen in the different shades of color, varying from a fair tint to a complexion almost black. Well, damn, that fits all of us. (laughs) And he's saying that they are the aboriginal race of America. And this, too, under circumstances in which climate can have little or no influence. So he's saying that even in cold climates, it ain't had no influence. They were still almost black. <laughs> so also, the difference are remarkable in entire tribes, which, moreover, are geographically proximate to each other. These facts, however, are more exception to a general rule and do not alter the, partic- um, the peculiar on physiognomy, on phenomenon of the Indian, which is a undeviable, um, um, undeviatedly, uh, excuse me, characteristic as that of ne- the Negro. He says it. It's undi, um, undi, um, undeniably the same, the same. They are the same. The Aboriginal race of America looks the same as the Negro, from which. For whether we see him in an athletic Carib, as in the Carib Indians, which the Caribbean islands are named after, or the stunt Chamau in the dark Californians, or the fair Bogra, or Borua, which, of course, the Boricua, um, um, of course, is the Puerto Ricans, as they were called, rich port, but we call them actually um, the Arawak, the Tayano. He is an Indian still. Hold up. The Negroes are Indians? Wow. Maybe he need his eyes checked. You know, being that, you know, this was back in the 1800s now. You know, maybe he need his eyes checked. You know, he was working for the Boston Society of Natural History. You know, Harvard was all up in there. Okay? So April the 27th, 
1842, he was seeing Indians that looked like Negroes? Yes. That's right. Othello's children, right. Othello's children in the New World. Exactly. Exactly. He drops. He does drop that. Right. Jane Baptiste Lenard Durano, a voyage to Senegal, Atlas of the region, page. All right. Page, I believe, is eighty-five. But here it is, 1802 now. So this is going back even 40 years before. What does John Baptiste have to say about that? I shall add another reflection of public utility. The blacks are a kind of man destined by nature to inhabit Africa and America. We are destined by nature to inhabit America? We know about Africa. Wait, even America? It says, she has created them for burning regions. Let us, therefore, take care not to oppose her view or overthrow the barrier which she has established. But let us preserve their races in their natural purity and not permit the Negroes to inhabit Europe. This mixture of black and white is dangerous to our population, and in time it may change, corrupt, and even destroy it. 1802. 1802. All right, 216 years ago. Man, God, and Civilization by John G. Jackson. He states, I've seen a statuette of Negro in the archaeological collection of Mr. Este, um, Esteno, um, Ernesto Franco in Cueto, um, Ecuador. According to the opinion of local archaeologists, this statuette is at least 20,000 years old. The Architontinists, black race in America, were either gradually mixed with the Indian ones. Actually, they're one and the same as we just finished reading, at least by 1802, or became extinct, which we didn't. Most was a lot, I should say, um spread it out um, throughout North, Central, South America. Some was taken into slavery. Some was um, in the um, Caribbean or Caribbean or Pacific Islands, whatever the case is. But in a very remote time, Negroes or Negroids were numerous in the New World. We know that. Page 40. Here it is. Dark races of men. Dark races of men. All right, this is a book done by Robert Knox, right, page 148. He says this, right, they are confined to no particular zone. See, this is what we think. We think the Africans just stayed in Africa. They didn't leave Africa until recently. But that's what the European told you. But it says here, but spread as it were from pole to pole. So from the Arctic to the Antarctica Circle. We were. If the laps be a dark race, then the dark race exists in Europe as a race. Asians abound with them, with the dark races. So Europe and Asia had dark races. Africa has always been considered their stronghold. And unquestionably, 
from the Mediterranean shores to Cape um, Algulahas, the dick-lipped as copped or bajame of all shades, but the fair prevailing throughout. But it is in America, the last discovered but civilized European, where we find the stronghold of the colored race. From the land of fire to the ice abound, polar caps or polar sea, nature has darkened every race unmistakably. Shit, he started rhyming. The shit got so damn good to him. <laughs> he started rhyming. Because <laughs> he's seen all them niggas up in there. All them niggas in America. <laughs> he, said, he said, but it is in America, the last discovered but civilized European, where we found a strong hole of the colored race from the land of the fire to the ice-bound polar sea. Nature has darkened every race unmistakably. That's a poem. Shit, you'll be getting into poems. Well, shit, let's go to James Baldwin. James Baldwin said uh, around the age five, six, or seven, it comes as a great shock to see Gary Cooper killing off the Indians. And although you're rooting for Gary Cooper, the Indians are you. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Mm. So see... Right, right. Right, right. So, see, the thing is, is that we have gotten so used to seeing Tonto. See, 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 those that is my age, you grew up watching The Long Ranger and Tonto. All right, Kimasabi. <laughs> okay? That's what happened. That's what happened. You know, so you've seen this. Mongrel or Mongolian looking type Chinese looking type Indian. And that's what that's what told you the TV that oh no, those are Indians. The Indians couldn't possibly be you. Yet all these crackers are saying it. <laughs> Many accounts incorrectly classify us as Indians, descendants of the people who immigrated in waves across the Bering Strait in the Pacific Ocean. Yet research indisputably shows we had established elaborate communities and social orders for tens of thousands of years before the arrival of any Asian migrant or barbarous invader. The so-called red population of the West of the Western Hemisphere, who claim no ownership of the land, are our ardent brothers and sisters who might who em, emerge from the empire. The names Blackfoot and Tar Heels are examples of the loosened attempt to hide the true identity of our people. This is why I'm in the Tar Heels state. Other names used to divide indigenous people are Creek, Cherokee, Hopi, Iroquois, Hokum, Navajo, Shoshone, Nessie, Biloxi, Seminole, Chickasaw, Etc. The cultures of the Olmecs, Toltecs, Mayans, Aztecs, and Incas who evolved into sophisticated societies in the area known as the Central and South America, Mu, can all be linked to distinct traditions and artifacts originating what in the Washington de Empire. The Eurocentric practice 
of dividing and classifying our people has created an illusion of differences used to conquer the native people. We are all one people, children of the one and only God. Right, we go to ancient and modern Britons, page 374. All right? The Englishmen who had colonized the western shores of the Atlantic, not more than a generation or two before Gross, spoke of the Indians there as being as black as gypsies. Oh, shit, he said, on the western shores of the Atlantic. Oh, I'm on the, shore, I'm on the western shores of the Atlantic. I'm in North Carolina. Oh, so you're telling me from New York down to Florida, maybe from Maine down to Florida, it was melanated people? Well, he said this, spoke of the Indians there as being black as gypsies. 1676, oh, shit, now we're going back even... Almost 200 years further back, 1676, the native races of the New England were spoken of indifferently as Indians and Moors. And Moors. And our British Indians were also remembered. Check this out. And our British Indians. So they had British Indians who was black as gypsies? were also remembered as Moors. Ross is virtually telling us that large companies of Moors or black people roamed up and down the country rather than 100 years ago, taking very considerable contributions from the farming classes and others, besides being possessed of many fierce and aggressive qualities. And these Moors at that quite recent period has not relinquished the custom that distinguishes those black people against whom Caesar fought. So Caesar fought against these so-called black people in the 18th century Moors were also painted people. Why? Because it was the war paint. It was the war paint. This is why they still put the war paint even now in football, the black marks under their eyes. Even today. Because football symbolizes a war between two teams. Get Negroes and the original Indians proved in the Jesuits' letter. The book Africans and Native Americans by Jack Forbes. He paints, all right, Jack Forbes paints a very different picture of history than what most of us were taught about the origin of black people in the Western Hemisphere. We was taught that black people Africa as slaves, that the Red Indians was the true Native Americans, and that white people took blacks from Africa and sold their and so and stole the land of the Red Indians. This nothing but a great is a is a giant fiction, a novel made up by white historians to deceive the masses about the original history and peoples of the Americas used the letters of the Jesuits missionaries to prove the Negroes or Black Moors were the first Americans and in fact were Black and olive tone people found in the Western Hemisphere. Commenting from the Jesuit letters on the appearance of the Native Americans for upstate, for example, in 1519. Oh shit, he keep going further and further back. It is said of the Brazilians, non sono Nazir, not um, Ninidra, 
Madi Color de Olivo. That is to say, as not black or white, but of olive color. But the same writer remarked that the Brazilian canoe men he saw were so black that they could have been taken for sailors on the Sea of Six, which is in hell. For example, all right, it says in right here, it says in fifteen twenty four. Just check it out. The Carolina coast people were said to be of color, not much unlike the Ethiopians. All right. So I can I can do it. All right. All right. So that means the people of Carolina look just like the Ethiopians, and Ethiopians are Africans. So that's the reason why they said that. Why they call you African American? Because they know that the people in 1524, your ancestors, all right, look just like they was dark color, not much unlike the Ethiopians. Who are white? The Kushites. Which Prophet Noble Drali tells us in chapter 47 that we are the Kushites. Old man Kush. The term Negroes and Indians were used interchangeably. Oh shit now. To describe the natives of the journals of the early missionaries who could not have possibly been referred referring to Africans. Why they couldn't have been referring to Africans? Well, from 1549 through 15. 65, the letters of the Jesuit missionaries in Brazil, usually addressed to the colleagues in Portugal or Spain, frequently referred to the Americans as Negroes. In April of 1549, Manuel de um, Nobrega, um, the leader of the Jesuits, addressed a letter from Bahia to um, Simeo Rodriguez in Lisbon, in which he refers to the Portuguese in Brazil as living in sin because of their having many Negras, females, Negras, and lots of children by the said black women. They was fine. You, most of you Negroes want to go to Brazil today. <laughs> Thus the Jesuit fathers called the American women living in Portuguese with Portuguese men Negras, a term which according to Leite could not have been denoted people from Africa because in 1549 there was a few or no African women in Baha'i. All right, there was few to no African women in Baha'i or Bahia. None to few. If they were, they would have been mixed in just like everybody else, just like. They um bought four hundred thousand here, right? Five hundred thousand here, um, to America, who mixed in with the millions that was already here, and then just end up calling us African American. Then it should be American African because the major should go first, not the minor. All right. In other words, the majority of our heritage, according to the Empress. 
85% of our ancestry was already here. Only 15% was brought from Africa recently within 400 years. So therefore, that means that we should be American Africans if that's the case. I mean, think about it. Are the Europeans referring, being that they say that all people come from out of Africa, are they referring to themselves as African Europeans? Are they referring to the Asians as African Asians? Oh, no, that's only your dumb ass. <laughs> okay, anyway. In a brief narrative of the encounter between the early colonists of New England and the native Indians, I find it states that these unfortunate gentlemen were intercepted by 700 Moors. By 700 Moors. So the native Indians that they talk about of New England, they also refer to them as Moors, once again. So to the early settlers, Moors and Indians are used interchangeably, at least in ancient and moderate Britain, by David MacRitchie. Get the book. In 1539, the first ever landing crossing of the United States was complete by Azimori, a Muslim Berber. In 1654, English explorers report a colony of bearded men in North Carolina who called themselves Moors. Mm, sound like the same people that we just finished talking about. And dropped to their knees to pray while working silver smelting, um, smelting operations. In 1670, Turks and Moors were excluded from slavery by the Virginia National Assembly. Right? And this is before. Notice now, this is a hundred years before the Treaty of, of Peace and Friendship between the United States and Morocco. And the Turks and Moors was already excluded from slavery by the Virginia National Assembly. On March 3rd, uh, 1753, Abel Condor and Muhammad petitioned in Arabic for their freedom from slavery in South Carolina. On June 28th, 1786, a declaration of Naval peace between the Moors and America was signed by Thomas Jefferson, John Adams, and Tahirk bin um, Abdelhak uh, Finish, actually the Bay. All right? In 1787, a treaty of peace and friendship between the Cherokee and the United States government. See, you've been told that it was between Africa, Morocco and Africa. No, it was between the Cherokee Moors here. And the United States government was signed by Abdullah Kek and Muhammad Ibn Abdullah. Yeah, the Cherokee had Arabic Hebrew names. Go and do your research. And on January 20th, 1790, the Free Moors Act allowed Moors to be tried as South Carolina citizens, rather, which is state citizenship, as compared to federal citizenship, which is brought about by the 14th Amendment, which actually was never fully ratified. So technically, you're not a citizen of the United States Corporation. Now, you can have state citizenship if you so choose to, but even then, it's only based on privileges, all right? But here, South Carolina citizens rather than under the Negro Act. So 
Moors didn't want to be classified under the Negro Act. We don't want to be classified under the Negro Act today because they have the new Jim Crow law shit going on. Read Michelle Alexander's book, The New Jim Crow. So you want to be under the Negro Act? Then that includes the new Jim Crow Act. (laughs) All right? That's basically what that is telling you. Virginia passed two acts in 1682 that combined Native Americans and Africans into one category, Negroes and other slaves. The writing record of the voyage of 1524 of Giovanni di Verrazzano, a um, a recorded in a letter to Francis I, King of France, July 8th, 1524. Please note the description of the natives. He said they are dark in color, not unlike the Ethiopians with thick black hair and not very long, tied back behind the heads like a small tail. As for the physique of these men, they was well proportionate of medium height or a little taller than we are. They have broad chest, strong arms, and the legs and other parts of the bodies are well composed, right? You can go to the Charlotte Observer right here in North Carolina, dated Sunday, August 15, 1993 stated that the North Carolina in 1690 reports the presence of Moors and that they are the ancestors of a people erroneously called Melungeons. Now, if you study Greek, Mel, as in Melchizedek, as in Melungeon, as in Melanin, Mel means dark complexion or dark complexion, black. But we're talking about in Virginia, North Carolina to Florida, indigenous people. Here's a, um, a picture actually from a map showing that we was there in those places. All right? How did all this happen? Paper genocides of Native Americans from the 1790 census to the present. It's still going on. And this is from out of Virginia. This dude here. All right. His name is Walter Pluckert. Walter Pluckert plucked your ass out from the census um, and from the register of deeds and so forth and so on as being um, aboriginal indigenous people here and made you Negroes. Soon to be changed to to colored, to black, to African-American. Four generations, four different So that means from your great-grandmother to your grandmother to your mother to you could have been Negro, colored, black, African-American. Would that shit make sense to you? If you come from the same lineage, you, your mother, your grandmother, your great-grandmother, and you'll get four different things on your birth certificates, According to United States Department of Interior agent Walter Plucker, all right, and government historian Jack Forbes states that Negro today are the descendants of these people called and referred to as the Choctaw, which is i.e. the Washita, Chickasaw, all right, the Creek, which is the Muscogee, the Yamasi, which is the Seminole, the Blackfoot, which is the Haliwa. Sapani, the Shoni, the Shoshuni, and many of the southern and eastern tribes. All right? That's what the Negroes are. This is your heritage. And of course you have 
recent African blood in you because the Africans in which that came was here in the South. And when they was freed or when they ran away, they came to you because we look the same. We same. This is even what some of um, the so-called blacks was told when they went to Vietnam in the 60s and 70s. The Vietnamese told them, we same. Because in the mountain region of of Vietnam were so-called black people. The Chickasaw Cherokee, um, excuse me, the Chickasaw Choctaw Treaty of 1866 stipulates that all Negroes who were living within the territories of the Chickasaw and Choctaw nations during 1866 were protected by treaty with the United States. And their descendants are still protected under the same treaty today. When Negroes and descendants of Negroes are are reclaimed back into their tribal um, communities, that people identify and stands in law changes, and she, he gains certain immunities as an indigenous aborigine, she or he can no longer be treated as property, a citizen, or a slave under the state's law. That person is now under common international law jurisdiction and has human rights, right? So what did Walter Plucker do of the Virginia Vital Records began a paper terrorist, paper genocide trend that quickly spread throughout all 50 states and continue to this day. Plucker was a member of the eugenics movement and Plucker had an agenda target at Indians, mixed races, individuals, and blacks in the South, in the state of Virginia, which spread throughout all the states. Plucker internationally attempted to eliminate any evidence of any Indians in the state of Virginia in order to purify the white race. He did it on paper. Plucker modified birth records in the state of Virginia. I learned that in some cases, Plucker actually ordered any documentation record of any individual that indicated Indian destroyed as well. Plucker threatened midwives that indicated Indians as a race on the birth certificate. So Walter Ashby Plucker was the first registrar of Virginia's Bureau of Vital Statistics. This is why it's so hard for um, people to file their documentation, their, um, their paperwork in Virginia. All right? Which records birth, marriages, and deaths. He accepted the job in 1912. For the next 34 years, he led the effort to purify the white race in Virginia by forcing Indians and other non-whites to classify themselves as blacks. It amounted to bureaucracy genocide. With the stroke of a pen, Plunkett could write an individual into Negro status, and legal and social oblivion was only too willing to exercise that power, thus making him a figure of dread to Indians in general, but particularly to the Powhatan remnants in Rockbridge and Amherst um, counties, which his retirement and subsequent uh, subsequent death in 1946. Bucket, no nonsense approach made him a celebrity with the eugenics movement. So why was they so happy that even on paper they could erase your identity? Because it was part of the eugenics movement. You think eugenics is just population control agenda? Them putting GMO in the food, um, lacing the skies with chemtrails put fluoride in the water. Oh, no, this goes also to paper terrorism. 
And if you just want to be a vegan and vegetarian and you think that um, you're doing everything you possibly can, you know what I'm saying, by meditating and visualization and you ain't got no documentation, well, guess what? The eugenics movement still move on your ass. It's still moving on your ass. All right? This is paper terrorism at its best. All right? This is why you need a nationality to deny the three-fifths status in the Constitution, right, which is claimed to have been ratified by the 14th Amendment being fully ratified by Congress, which is by two-thirds, which it is not and has not been. He spoke around the country and was widely published and wrote to every um, governor in the nations to urge passage of racial laws just as tough as Virginians, okay? Just as tough. So he went around the whole country doing this shit. So he changed and or destroyed labels on vital records to classify Indians as colleagues, mongrels, mulattoes, Negroes, investigated the pedigrees of racially suspected citizens, and provided information to block or annul interracial marriages with whites. He not only did this, to Indians, but other races as well, right? So the area and reclassifying Indians to black, white, or mulatto was first practiced by government offices in the United States, later spread to all of America, or rather to all of the United States Corporation, because we are the only Americans up in this piece, all right? Now you can find this. This is Massachusetts. This is um, Indians um, enfranchised um, in 1800, Indians listed as colored, right? So this is where you got the idea from, right? Section one, all Indians and people of color um, heretofore known or called Indians within this um, commonwealth or hereby made and declared to be citizens of the commonwealth and entitled to all rights, privileges, immunities, subject to all the duties and liabilities to which citizens of the commonwealth or um, entitled or subject. Section two, all lands here, um, heretofore known as Indian lands and rightfully held by any Indians in severity in all such lands, which has been or may be set or for any Indian shall be and become the property of such person or their heirs in fee simple, provided that such lands should be held liable by taking upon um, attachment or execution for any debt or liability which exists before the passage of this act, no Indian shall um, hereafter have the same rights as other citizens. So we find that the same right as other citizens was that them having to take on um, the colored label if they, did, if they did not reside on a reservation. If you was not going to be on a reservation, then you had to take on the title colored. So here, many said Richard Thornton is nuts for saying that the Mayans were in Georgia. Well, I, Lorenzo Langley, forensics um, geologist and historian, has found much proof of Mayan Indian slaves in South and North Carolina and Virginia. Right? So Mayans, Omex, they were slaves. So that means that they didn't get all of us from Africa. They went down also into South America and also Mexico. Central America, and got slaves, Indian slaves, 
Now, of course, the Mayans are Olmecs um, or children of the Olmec, just like the Incas, the Toltecs, the Aztecs, etc. But by no means of Belize. The archives of Belize counts thousands of them being sold into the Carolinas. Right? Belize. Now, um, we, we spoke about this before, and we have a brother from Belize, Brother George or Jero Moore, and he can tell you about some of this. It says here to the right, in the area that is now Belize, the Mayans suffered and died under Spanish occupation. They was massacred and fled into the dense forests of central and western Belize for security. The British buccaneers and pirates also attacked the mines along the coast of Belize. They raided and destroyed most of the Mayan settlements along the coast. They also stole food, enslaved the Mayans. Oh, there it is, enslaved the Mayans. And where did they bring them to? Oh, to the Carolinas, to Virginia, to Georgia. They also stole food, enslaved the Mayans, and kidnapped Mayan women and children. Some Mayans were even sold as slaves to British plantation owners and settled and settlers in Jamaica. Some were also sold to the slave masters in southern states of the United States, especially North Carolina, South Carolina, and Virginia. Mm-mm. All right, so here, the commissions to the five civilized tribes, the Dawes Commission. The five civilized tribes, the Cherokee, Choctaw, Chickasaw, Creek and Seminoles were so-called by the United States because they were more advanced, literate, um, literate than many others and had adopted systems of government patterns after those of the United States. No, the United States government um, adopted um, their system from them and patterned their system after their system. All right? We know that for a fact. All right? It's called the Iroquois, and the Iroquois were the Cherokee. The Chickakoi, all right, who they also went, um, who was also um, who they went into um, treaty with, the Treaty of Peace and Friendship that the Moors are always talking about was not the Moors from out of Morocco, Africa, but the Moors here, Cherokee, who spoke Arabic and had Arabic names, all right. Right here, even the word more in Webster Third National in, um, um, International Dictionary um, tell you that um, Moors is one of a group of people of mixed Indian, white, and Negro ancestry in, in um, central Delaware. Compare Nanocotes. The Nanocotes were Moors. Get the, um, get Ed, the article on the, the Delaware Moors. Right? It says there have been much speculation about the so-called Moors living in Kent and um, Sexist um, um, counties, Delaware. These people are usually um, swarthy, black-haired, and black-eyed, and sometimes with a fair complexion. They're mostly farmers. They have their own schools distinct from public, um, general public school system, and they associate neither with whites nor with so-called blacks. One theory has been that they are of Moorish race and that their ancestors were Spanish Moors wrecked on the coast more than a century ago. Of course, we know that that's not true. Another tradition represents them as descendants of the Nanako Indians. Exactly. All right, the Lenape. This is who we're talking about. The Delaware Moors and the Nanakos, which means grandfathers, are the Lenape, the original. The word Lenape means the original people. You are the Lenape, the original people. Of Washington heritage, right? Washington essentially means the priesthood. 
just like the Yamasi, the Yamasi, is the priesthood, right? The Nanakos and get the book, the Nanakos and the More Folk Medicines. Get this book. The Delawares, the Shuni, the Seneca, the Mohican, and other Eastern Indians claims that their forefathers originally received their knowledge of Mantapa Sikon from a tribe called the Nanakos. All right? Called the Nanakos, the grandfathers. All right? By this time, the state legislation acknowledged that the Nanakote more Indian families are throughout the state. Right? And notice that is in Massachusetts. Now, we're talking about all the way down into Delaware, New York, all right, all the way down into New Jersey, into all the way, actually, all the way down into um, Maryland, all right, the Lenape, the Nanakos, the Delaware Moors, same people, all right, you have Olivia Ward um, Bush Banks, all right, was a uh, American author, poet, and journalist, but she had but she had heritage from the um, the Montaki Native American um, descent. Right, Ward was part of the same nation of indigenous people that Crispus Attucks and Wutemo was part of. All right, Crispus Attucks was Montaki. All right, but they told you that he was the first black to die. They love saying that shit. They love telling us that. Historians and unlearned so-called scholars like to say that the first man to die in the Revolutionary War was an African-American man or an African man named Crispus Attucks. But what they failed to tell us is that Crispus Attucks' ancestors were indigenous to America. Attucks was Indian, as his mother was um, Massachusetts, right? Montaukee. The tribe that gave the state its name. Crispus Attucks was a direct descendant of John Attucks, an Indian executed for treason in 1676 during the King Philip Wars, who was also indigenous. King Philip was indigenous. Right? So, right here, if you go to a museum, all right, go to a museum, Negroes. That's the problem now. You don't do your research. And you don't go to museums. You don't go to libraries. You damn depend upon uh, 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 the internet for your information. But go to museums also. All right? Go to mounds. Go to pyramids where you can see and record this information yourself. Musi Makor Museum. Notice that the American right above the head is Australoid. Notice that the Negroid Right below is African. So Americans were Australoids. All right? Africans were Negroids, based on this information here. Okay? So what happens? Well, you find that the Australo, the Negroids, and the Negroes were all together. It says, Astroloids, Negroids, Negritos, and Negroes display perplexing disjunct distribution for which there is no historical explanation. Astroloids, Australoids, which is Aborigines from out of Australia, and the Negroids, which are the Aborigines from the Southern Pacific um, Islands, 
and the Negro and the Negroes, who are the Aborigines here in America, all right, alternate with one another in areas from Africa to Australia, but maintain their racial distinction throughout. A careful examination of this distribution plus examination of their culture shows a striking ecology an ecological um, correlation with the Negroids always in the rainforest and Australoids and Australoids clinging to the open country. Two populations of the so-called full-size Negroes, Africans and Oceac, are physically very similar but are unrevocably um, distinct in origin. Well, I thought we all come from Africa. We all come from Africa. So what is the distinctions that they finding? I won't get into that right now, but let's look at it. James Churchward, in his book, Children of Moo, claims that there were 64 million people who died in the sinking. The Pacific Islands, Hawaii, and Hawaii's adjoining islands, uh, which would have been the um, South Pacific Islands, are the remaining mountain peaks of the lost continent. Nice detailed maps of the lost continent of Mu and Atlantis are found on stone tablets from pre-Inca civilization in Peru. By Dr. Javier, Javier um, Carrera, engraved in stone and photographed by Robert Chirac. In 1972, the United Nations diplomat, Faradad um, Ishkovet, who was the assistant to the United Nations president, Adam Malik went to Maui, which we is Mu, Hawaii, and researched the Lemurian um, ruins and history and concluded that it was real. So people talking about um, Lemuria and Atlantis was mythical and that it didn't exist. Well, the United Nations said otherwise. And they said researchers. And we found that Kamehameha, the first and great king to unify the Hawaiian Islands, the sovereign kingdom of Hawaii, formally established in 1810. As you see, melanated. As you see, the last queen, Niliu Kalani, melanated, so-called black. So, Everywhere the Albion goes, you see us. <laughs> this is the Kamehameha's royal family of, of Hawaii. So-called black. So-called black Americans are not necessarily Indians, even though the word Indy in stems from Indy or Indios, which means black people or God's people. But we actually are Aborigines. All right, we are Aborigines. All right, and the word Aborigine happens to be a noun. And guess what? We're told this if you go and research that this Alabama senator, Scott Beeson, is 100% right. As the native Mongoloids came to America way after our ancestors. In fact, Aborigine, noun, plural, noun, Aborigine, a person, all right? place a thing or animal, which is a noun, or plant that has been in a, re- in a country or a region from the earliest times, an aboriginal inhabitant of Australia. 
But we also know that Americans, by definition of Noah Webster Dictionary, 1849, 1854, 1859, 1828, says that Americans, the aboriginal or color copper races found here by the Europeans, found here where? Indo-Americans. So we are the aboriginals, right? And this is what happened. This is actually the article, and it says Alabama state senators referred to blacks as aborigines. And that's supposed to make your ass mad. Oh, these motherfuckers referred to as aborigines? What? What the hell is this? Wow. Like they called you a motherfucker. No, they didn't. They said you was aborigines. And people was getting upset about that. Oh, no. I'm African-American. I'm, I'm black. I'm... <laughs> anyway. Sunday, June 19th, 2011. Shit. <laughs> This is exactly nearly seven years ago. Alabama is currently going through a major federal corruption trial regarding alleged bribes offered to state legislators. Now, let's come down. Beeson and others are discussing the distress economic of Green County, home to Green Track. That's y'all's Indians. Oh, shit, now. Check this out now. That's y'all's Indians, said former state Republican. Uh, a representative, um, Benjamin Lewis, all right? That's what he said. That's y'all's Indians. Also, in private conversation, we're Indians to some of the Caucasians or Albions. So Beeson had to correct them. He says they're Aborigines, but they're not Indians. Hmm. They're Aborigines, but they're not Indians. Beeson responded, after these remarks became public, Beeson claimed he didn't remember the conversation <laughs> and indeed didn't want and didn't know why he used the term. Well, it sounds like he knew exactly the difference between Aborigines and Indians to me. <laughs> oh, boy. Mm-mm-mm. Anyway, the term African-American only existed since 1988. As we say, 1990, you've only been in African-American for the last 25 years or so. Of course, we know it's a little bit more than that, 30 years now. Prior to that, you were known as American Negroes. Thanks to Jesse Jackson for Afro-sizing your ass off your land. All right? So this nigga should be brought up on charges for deceiving the people. He made you African-Americans instead of American-Africans. <laughs> the lie everybody believes? Facts. Aboriginal American Indians were captured. 8% of slaves came from Africa, right? So 8 to 15% slaves came from Africa. The African, right? The Roots, Roots, the movie came from the book African, a novel by Harold Carlander. Roots is a lie. Judge Ward stated Alex Haley perpetrated a hoax on the public. You can get that. Matter of fact, I went and got it. Shit, I ain't got to wait around for it. I go and do my research. Shit, I went to the old Jet magazine. Oh, old Jet. Reliable Jet. Y'all might not get Jets nowadays, but shit, back in the 90s and 80s and 70s, shit, we used to get the Jet like Ebony. That was a black folks magazine. We ain't had no other magazines in the house. If you came to a nigga house and he didn't have the damn Jet or damn um, Ebony, something was wrong with that nigga. 
You know it was. You know it was something wrong with that nigga. He ain't had that damn jet up in there or that damn ebony. Anyway, we go to jet. Alex Haley settles suit out of court. $500,000. Why, Mr. Alex Haley? Why? Let's see. The Pulitzer Prize winning author, Alex Haley of Roots, fame hammered out an out-of-court settlement with a white writer who charged that Haley had lifted 81 different passages from his book. In announcing the settlement, before United States District Court Judge Robert Ward, Haley readily admitted that he was glad his latest legal ordeal was now behind him. Under terms of this agreement, Harold Corlander, who wrote The Africans in 1967, will be paid $500,000. The suit had been excuse me. Um, Akabali, um settled out of court. Alex Haley acknowledged and regretted that the various materials from the African by Harold Corlander found their way into his book roots. A statement said, throughout the two weeks long trial, Haley had maintained that he has never heard of the African. An assertion that prompted um, Judge Robert Ward to remark, that leaves me a little cold. Haley noted that often throughout his 12 years effort on roots, countless people gave him material. To date, Harold, um, Haley's roots had earned several million dollars, and recently he received $1 million from ABC TV for roots. Of course, we know that now they done, hell, they done damn um, a year and a half ago, they damn did a goddamn remake of the shit. They done revised roots for your ass. <laughs> they done revised it Alright Alex Haley, the United States government Of 20 year veteran, the man that plagiarized Roots And made up the story of Kuta Kente Was sued by Harold Corlander The author of African In, 17, in 1978 And plagiarized and plagi- For plagiarism And won over $500,000 This is where he got it from Was from this Albion Right here at the bottom and here go his cover, the African, Harold Corlander. And it says, an extraordinary novel, a novel, not nonfiction, a novel. You know the difference? A novel of epic proportions exploring the tradition, the transition from freedom to slavery. So roots in the issue of plagiarism. Corlander wrote seven novel fiction. His most famous being The African, published in 1967. The novel was the story of a slave captured in Africa. His experiments aboard a slave ship and his struggle to retain his native culture in a hostile new world. In 1978, Corlando filed a lawsuit in the United States District Court from the Southern District of New York, charging that Alex Haley, the author of Roots, had copied 81 passages from his novel. 81. Corland, a pretrial memorandum in the copyright infringement lawsuit claimed defendant Haley had access to and, sub- and subsequently um, and substantially copied from the African. Without the African, Roots would have been a very different and less success- successful novel. 
Uh-oh, Roots is a novel? Roots is a successful novel? A novel. Hold on, we, we're going to have to get there in a second. Indeed, it is doubtful that Mr. Haley could have written Roots without the African. Mr. Haley copied language, thoughts, attitudes, incidents, situations, plots, and characters. The lawsuit did not allege that um, did not allege that the African that the African's plot was copied in its entirety, entirety, as the two novels differ in many plot points. But eighty one were, <laughs> eighty one were. Okay. So right here, let's look at let's look at let's look at a couple. Corlander. To the depths. Think foulness of the belly of the ship. There came to be added another torture. Lice. They crawled on the face and drank the corners of the eyes. If the fingers caught the um the pre the um predator, it would kill between the it was killed between the fingernails. Now go to Alex Haley's roots. But the lights preferred to bite him on his and they would suck at the liquids in the corners of Kunta's eyes, on the snot draining from his nostrils. He would swarm his body and his fingers darting and pinching to crush any lights that he might tap, um, trap between his nails. Hmm. Wow. Interesting. That's very, very interesting. Because guess what? Negroes don't get lights. That's what happens when you copy shit. For a copy of the damn story plot line here, this is just one example out of 81. We have 80 others. But this is just one. And that Africans and African Americans don't get lights. Albions have lights. See, this is what happens when you make shit up. <laughs> when you make shit up. Alex Haley maintained throughout his trial that he had never heard of the African until years after Roots was published. Right. <laughs> right. Alex Haley novel Roots and the movie Roots about him tracing his ancestry back to West Africa is a hoax and a fraud. And the West African transatlantic slave trade is a lie, all right? And a fraud made up by Europeans just to deceive blacks, right? A hoax how? A hoax that they brought all of us over here. That's how. Not that it didn't, that slavery didn't happen or that um, the slave trade did not happen or occur to some extent. But it's told my eight to fifteen percent of our ancestry was brought over here recently. Not one hundred percent. One hundred percent. All right. That's not it. Eighty-five to ninety-two percent of us, our ancestry was already here in the Western Hemisphere. In the adjoining islands called the Caribbean or Americana, in the South, Central, and North America, and in the South Pacific. 
We was already here. Novel. Let's let's read. Remember, novel now. Remember, Alex Haley's book, The Roots, is a novel. What does novel mean? A fictitious prose narrative of book length, typically representing characters and actions with some degree of realism. Novel is a long narrative, normally in prose, which describes fictional characters and events, usually in the form of a sequential story. Wow. A fictitious book. A fictitious book. So starring Americans as Indians, Indians as Blacks, Blacks as niggers, niggers as coloreds, coloreds as Negroes, Negroes as African Americans. Oh shit! We got them all in there. We got them all in there. Oh, Henry Louis skipped Gates. He must have skipped over all of this information that I just presented. He skipped over all of this information to do the genetics tests on you to tell you that you all come from Africa and that you all was brought here by the European Albion 400 years ago. Yeah. With all these accolades, he's still a jackass. So what we mean by that? Transatlantic slave trade is mostly fact or fiction. All right? I have 10 questions to ask. Well, let's say the average human body needs at least half a gallon to a gallon of water a day. If you look at the diagram of so-called big bottom ships, they would have carried about 400 so-called slaves. I call them POWs. With a crew of about 50 ship hands. You would see that it would take a lot of water. Humans can survive normally three to four days without water and a maximum eight to ten days with severe limits. Now, understand is that you're on the ocean. You cannot drink um, seawater, which is salt water. You would die. The air on the ocean is salty and it will act as a desiccant. Thus, one needed more water to prevent dehydrate, um, to prevent dehydration. So you got to be concerned about your property. Now you capture your slaves, your POWs, they're your property. So one gallon of water is the equivalent of eight pounds. It requires the amount of portable water for a 90-voyage trip, such as a 90-day voyage, such, which 90 days is three months, y'all. Three to four months months is what is what you had to have portable um, water, potable water. And the transatlantic story, um, slave trade story, has it where it took anywhere from 81 to 162 tons of potable water. I did not even calculate the weight or space of barrels to hold the water, which would, and you know, shit, where would you keep it? It was a 90-day voyage on average, give or take a few days. The waterways alone would sink the ship. So the waterways alone would sink the ships, y'all. There is no way to contain the human waste in the ship. And cholera outbreaks would have wiped out the entire cargo and crew. 
Human excrement um, gives off gases of methane, chlorine, and ammonia, which are irritants to the lungs. Methane can cause um, 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 asphyxia, asphyxiation in enclosed spaces, as well as being highly combustible. Means shit can light the fuck up. The amount of food needed for a voyage that long would have been immense. The average human body consumes about four pounds of food a day. 81 tons of food would have been required for this voyage. So between food and water, it would have been a requirement of 162 to 243 tons. We have not even factored in the human body weight. If you take an average right, body weight of 150 pounds for a cargo and crew, you would have another 33.75 tons. Now we are up to 195.75 to 276.75 tons. Do not forget to factor in the rogue waves and hurricanes. All right? These factors alone undermine this story from making any sense. Remember, we told you earlier that slaves from out of Mexico down into Central and South America the adjoining islands, the Pacific Islands. Under critical scrutiny, you can tell that lies have been written to enforce the theft of land, especially when European explorers tell you through phenotypical descriptions of who they found here when they came or when they came here. So we just went over how they say the so-called Indians or Moors looked when they came here. When they came here, they looked like you. How could anyone survive traveling by boat strapped down like this for three to four months straight, no food or water, and vomit, urine, feces, and diarrhea? The area could never be clean during um, travel. If anybody ever had um, cats or dogs in the home and they shit it on the damn floor, you know that's some guy. If you had some goddamn, if you had some wood floors, you know, you goddamn, you know that's a goddamn work on um, a job. They had to do this, doing travel, and much more. Who would clean it? These people would have drowned in their own shock, sorrow, sewage. They told a fantastic lie, but it's not true. These people would have been DOA, dead on arrival in America, not ready or able to build it up. Truth is, they found us in Mississippi River, sailed us around the Americas, and up and down the Atlantic Ocean and Caribbean. From, for slave breaking. We did not come from Africa. They found us in America. We are the so-called Indians that they talked about, that they claimed that was the first ones that they put in slavery, the Moors. So all of this nonsense that y'all keep listening to SETI about, the Moors um, enslaved the Africans. Motherfucker, you are the Moors and your ass was enslaved. That dumb shit. Between 1650 and 1860, approximately 10 to 15 million enslaved people were transported from Western Africa to the Americas. Most were shipped to the West Indies, Central America, and South America. This is what we've been told. But notice, less than 0.5 million came to the Americas. And we're talking about specifically North America. North America. 
They claimed 4.5 went to the Caribbean. They claimed that 0.2 million, which is 200,000, went to Central America. They claimed that 0.2 on um, 5.5, which is 500,000, went to um, West South America. And 5 million went to Brazil. Okay? But less than 0.5 million, which is, all right? So what is the truth of the slave trade? Well, guess what? According to Emory University reports on the transatlantic slave trade, approximately 30,000 to 35,000 recorded ships or voyages were made between the years 1562 to 1865, or 305 years approximately, 200 POWs, so-called ships or bondmen, bondwomen, would aboard each ship. Some scholars give that some ships carried up to 500 POWs, so between 200 to 500 POWs that average out to be 6 million to 17.5 million indentured servants or said slaves. According to Wikipedia, 12 million Africans were shipped to the Americas, North, Central, and South America, from the 1600 to the 19th century, right, or 16th century to the 19th century. And of these, an approximately 645,000 was brought to what is now the United States. So we went from 500,000 to 645,000, all right? And actually from 400,000, 4,500,000 to 500,000 to 645,000. So we know somewhere between 400,000 to 645,000 Africans came. The largest number of ships to Brazil. The slave population in the United States has grown to 4 million by 1860 census. An estimate of 10 million slaves crossed the Red Sea, Indian Ocean, and Sahara Desert from 650 to 1900, more than 1,000 years, compared to more than um, 11,656,000 that arrived officially across the Atlantic from 1500 to 1900. No historian can offer anything beyond speculation for this number. Once again, no historian can offer anything beyond speculation for this number, since records do not exist anywhere to support any claims either way. So not only did they get rid of the ships, but also the records. Wow. Wow. So they don't have the records. And they don't have the ships. That's some fishy shit. But Jesus was the name of the slave ship captained by Sir John Hawkey in 1564 by appointment of the Queen of England. This is not a coincidence nor accidental that the similarities in the um, is present. This is a political machination of subliminal science via political oppression of religion, mental slavery, to destroy all said people of color, no matter what title, name, or culture that you associate with or profess in. Look at the cover of the Bible and look how it looks just like that drawn ship that they always show us. They always show us that same exact drawn ship. And it looks just like the exact symbol on the Bible, the Holy Biblios. All right, the Bibli- the, um, the Helios Bibliotech. Right. Let's get into what the general said, the real general, Dr. Khalid Abdul Muhammad. He said, Africa is not our home. 
after is our throne. And from our throne, we ruled our home, which is 196,940,000 square miles of the planet Earth. You just want to claim a spot or the whole thing? I'm claiming the whole goddamn thing. Claim it. And I'm a more. I don't know what you're talking about either, Nick Rose. It ain't Kuta Kente either. Huh? It ain't Kuta Kente either. Because Kuta Kente was a fiction. Remember? A novel. A fiction. Anyway, this is Frederick Douglass. You know you have some out there talking about that they came from Frederick Douglass. But let's see what Frederick Douglass speaks about here. Frederick Douglass, he goes in. All right? He goes in. This is Frederick Douglass. This is Rochester, New York, January the 26th, 1849. He said, here we have the old colonized spirit revised. All right? The impudent proposition entertained by the Senate of the United States of expelling the free colored people from the United States, their native land. Oh, oh, shit. Now, hold up, 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 hold up. Did he say what I think he just said? Let's look at that shit again. Frederick Douglass. Here we have the old colonization spirit revised. See, that's what's going on now. They're trying to revive. Remember, they're trying to make America great again. Oh, shit. We're going to make America great again, Bob. The United States of... What? The Senate of the United States of expelling the free colored people from the United States, their native land? 